podcast. Yeah, so my podcast started um, yeah, in July of 2018. Um, I, I mean, I loved always listening to podcasts. Uh, so From the Valley podcast was a bit of a concept I sort of came up with um, because I had a bit of involvement with the Valley Chamber of Commerce and mm-hmm. uh, um, I enjoyed uh, the people that, that, that are part of the, the Valley Chamber of Commerce. And um, as a result, it just sort of seemed, I was listening to, I'm an accountant um, by trade, a tax agent, so. um, Chartered accountant. Yeah, yeah. One of the the favourite, one of my favourite podcasts, um, listening to an accounting podcast was one called From the Trenches, and that was basically about accounting life uh, in everyday, you know, every day in the accounting industry, everyday life in the accounting industry. So. I didn't. I couldn't really do a podcast like that, um, but uh, I couldn't do a podcast like that because you know you don't want to copy someone completely. But you need to put your own spin on on a podcast in in whatever way you can. So I came up with the name um, from the Valley Podcast, mm-hmm. uh, which sort of has a good ring to it a little bit, um, with the the theme uh, being that uh, it started sort of in the in the valley, uh, Fortitude Valley, and uh, basically. I've sort of made it so it's a fairly open type of podcast where it, it allows, um, I guess, for any, any person that's got a, a connection to Brisbane, usually a small business person, uh, if, it's, if, they're in the, if they've got a connection to the Valley Chamber of Commerce, that's fine, but I didn't want to make it only that. So yep. uh, I've friends that are in the Brisbane area that have got a good story to tell and make it a bit about the, the guest a lot of the time, just make it about their story. That's, that's how it sort of came. And, here we are, 101 episodes later, you know, so uh, it's been really, really good. That's cool. Well, uh, my, my uh, podcast journey started around the same time as yours. Um, and uh, uh, my, mine was born out of a different reason. I actually uh, had never listened to a podcast until it was my own, which is a, a bit weird. Um, but uh, That's strange. <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, I, I listened to it. I'm like, okay, this is probably right. <laughs> and then listened to a few others and went, this is pretty good stuff. Uh, but the reason I actually made it, uh, made, made a podcast, I had people and you, you'd, you'd be the same. You get people that ask you a question and then you get the same, same question asked by another dozen people. And you think far out, I'm sick of, sick of answering this. I'm sure the, the words job keeper and eligibility uh, come, come to mind with, with your industry at the moment. You'd be having the same answers, the same bloody questions day in, day out at the moment around that yeah, topic. Lot of, lot, every, my phone just rings off the hook with um, job keeper questions. It really does. Um, yeah. we've, actually, we've done a really good job this week. We've got a lot of um, clients, uh, job keeper Claims lodged. Um, we've done a very good job. Already done over a hundred, I reckon, in our office or more. Mm-hmm. Um, just this week, so it's been been very busy. Um, but now that it, that's all done, it's just answering questions about whether the money's coming through, and that's that seems to be the flavour of the month at the moment. Oh, mine hasn't come through yet. Uh, or mine has. So the timing of some of these uh, coming through to cause a few issues. I think maybe I don't know. It just seems mm-hmm. to be. Everyone seems to be in a different boat, even though the, the systematic way we've been lodging these JobKeeper payments, you should, you'd expect that you should be getting paid in that sort of order as well, but it doesn't seem to be the case from, from our clients at the moment, which is something we need to get to the bottom of. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <coughs> well, um, yeah, it's uh, definitely ca- causing some commotion, but to the 
our podcast was pretty much made just, I got sick of answering the same questions. So I, um, I thought, why not just do this in an audio format? And then I uh, sent that off to yep. some, uh, some people to transcribe that into an article, which was great for SEO. Um, yep. And then uh, had, had those articles popped up on our website. Um, and we thought, okay, that'd be good. We'll get some traction through the articles. Uh, what we found though was uh, the actual result from the podcast was, uh, it was more welcome than the uh, SEO organic reach. So um, yeah. uh, we uh, I continued doing that. And then uh, thought, well, I, I can only talk about so much around the IT and uh, technology space. Um, mm. And so started uh, having having other experts jump in and uh, talk about their industry and, and the different things that have been happening for them. And uh, that, that's worked, to be, uh, worked out to be quite... Um, uh, quite good. We get about a thousand uh, downloads a month, and uh, that's really a month. Wow, a month. So I've had, since I since I started, um, not quite two years. It's probably been about not still under four thousand in total. So mm -hmm. it's around three and a half, I think, at the moment. Three about three and a half thousand. Um, I think the most that I've had from one episode is about a hundred hundred listens for an episode. So yeah, let me have a quick look. Um, what the most is for a single episode we were releasing more episodes uh more frequently uh, we, we've cut that back a bit have you actually seen an increase a spike over the last month month and a half um it, what what's been quite interesting is um it's it sort of comes up and it goes up and down um yeah. to be honest with the from the valley podcast series there hasn't really been a a recent increase in listeners to that podcast it's sort of usually it's We've had better listens probably even in the past. So okay. uh, it's, it's quite strange. I just did one with the president, um, not, you know, earlier in the week, but uh, <coughs> I think it's I think it's probably less than 20 listens, which is quite odd, uh, considering sometimes we get, uh, you know, when, when something, sometimes we get a podcast where it's already hit 50 listens after a couple of days. So, yeah. um, so and because that, that, that's, that's sort of, going back to where I started it yeah it, it all depends how you share it sometimes mm. sometimes it may pick up and people may come across it and all of a sudden you've got a swag or this weekend there may be a swag of people listening to it. we don't know it's, it's very, I found it pretty hard to predict sometimes as to how many you know are you going to get a there's been a few podcasts that have done that surprises me they've had 70 or 80 listens it really does mm. um, it, and it's just obviously the people have got a good following uh, and that sort of thing. So, but I started a new podcast series um, uh, just in the last few weeks, uh, which sort of goes back uh, to, I guess, my school days. So it's called From Eastlands Podcast. So um, I, I was born, born and bred in Tasmania, and uh, this podcast is about reconnecting to people that I used to live with, um, you know, as growing up. Um, you know, so a connection to Tasmania where I used to live and school friends and that so there were the last two podcasts i've done on that I've, i'm now putting them up on youtube as well so i'm now i'm like because it's zoom you can just put it up on youtube yeah. uh, which has been really good so both those the second and the third episode have nearly hit 100 views on youtube which is that's pretty good really, really which is really really good considering yeah, they've yeah. been out a week or two absolutely um, but, but the personalities that i i must have picked two really good good personalities i think um uh, both were in my home class at school. Both were in my home class. One was a surfer um, who lives at Lennox Head. Another one lives back in Tasmania at the moment. She's had an interesting uh, life. Um, yeah, but they were obviously, depending on their connections, how they share it, what people see it, 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 exactly. But I think 
putting doing podcasts at the moment, especially um, where 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 we've we've got uh, an MP4 file. You know, you might as well just put it up on uh, on YouTube as well. It's it's I think it's that's what what you need to do. Yeah, well, I've, I've, we found we've got a YouTube channel there, and but the, the YouTube channel this this last month, I'm just just looking at the stats now. We uh, we've had a 38% increase in views, um, mm. which works out to be about uh, nine hours of watch time. Um, yeah. And then the uh, so we we use Libsyn for for the podcasts. Uh, what are you using? Um, as far as uh, devices and sorry, uh, for the hosting. Uh, yeah, Wishka, Wishka. So Wishka's a free Wishka's a free one. Have you heard of that one? Uh, is that the one that was just bought out by Spotify recently? Don't know, but I'm I'm sort of in a quandary at the moment because if I've got two shows, they're going to start charging me. So I've got to um, uh, I don't know if I can continue to, to do it for free. I've got to either wrap it into one um sort of show or um or pay them twenty bucks a month. Uh, yeah, so. Uh, but it's been really good, you know. It's a free hosting service, um, and uh, you know it, it's, it's very easy to use. So uh, it doesn't take very long to get it uploaded uh, onto there. So once you, once you, you know, even from a, I, I, the first thing I bought was a, um, a Zoom, uh, a Zoom H6 recorder. They're great. When I started using, I got it from Door DJ or something. I don't know where you got yours yeah. from, but. Uh, I think it might have actually been the same online. Yeah, yeah. Door DJ in the Valley, and um, it's a great recorder, and you can take it on a plane. I've done about what, three podcasts on the plane. Yeah. Um, which which is something quite interesting to do. I love doing when you've got the opportunity to do one on a plane. It's 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 actually quite quite good um, to do a podcast on a plane, and with with a device like that, you can do it. Um, you know, it's it's portable, it's mobile, it's you can runs on batteries. Um, so you can take it anywhere. You don't have to take your, your big speakers with you. Um, so if you're going out to see a to see your guest, which is sometimes we'll do that, and then we'll take that with me, um, and you get a pretty good uh, recording, uh, an audio recording mm. in that situation. So, um, but obviously the flavour of the month is Zoom, and I've been doing podcasts this way at the moment, especially with the new Eastman series. So. Uh, what That's about cool. you? So, so Joshua, whereabouts uh, did you uh, grow up? Were you born in this area, or where did you come from? Uh, Penrith down in New South Wales, lived, uh, lived there for the first part of my life and then headed down to Melbourne for uh, 10 years and then um, I've been up here for the last 23 years. So I've um, been here for a while and uh, so I was just southeast, southeast Queensland go, uh, boy and um, uh, just been lo loving life, I guess, just, just around here. Uh, don't mind having a couple of beers down at Howard Smith's Wharves, it's a, definitely a, a favourite spot. So um, uh, you'll you'll normally see not not at the moment, but normally you'd see me down there with a, a cold one in my hand. Um, yeah. Did, did you ever go to Mr. Percival's at all? Did you ever go to, to that place? Uh, 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 quite frequently, up until the Molotov cocktails went through their window in December, I think. Uh, you heard about that? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what, sort of why I bring it up. I mean, I've been there. Um, I know that one of the DJs that um, that uh, yeah, I still haven't had him on the podcast yet, but he should be on the podcast. But um, yeah, he, I've got a DJ friend that works there, but uh, yeah, the great place to just to get get on it a bit, a little bit. It's it's, it's um, but yeah, it's just weird. Obviously, there's something a bit of foul play going on somewhere. Well, happened. And, there was two uh, different things. There was a break in and then a, a shooting as well, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, there was a someone was there's some people in a boat that was fucking shooting 
shooting yeah. through it at like 3 a.m. in the morning or something, some weird time. Um, you know, it, it just didn't make sense. Um, that's why would they do that? I mean, just to send a message or, you know, obviously somebody knows something, you know, somebody knows something, somebody from, from how to, from, uh, from uh, Mr. Percival knows why that was happening. I, I, but I, I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's, it's just a strange yeah. situation. So uh, we haven't heard anything since, haven't heard anything since and may not hear anything for a while, but you just never know. You just never know if something ever comes back. That's, that's going to add a, you know, these stories sometimes take a while to evolve and, there could be a third act. Uh, yeah, so we, we just don't know when that's going to happen. Ten years time, we've got the the plot and storyline for the next Underbelly series. So it's, <laughs> I don't know about that. But, oh, you never know. You just never know. It's exactly right. You, it could be anything, mate. Um, so now that you started doing a podcast, do you sort of listen to other podcasts? Or? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to listen to quite a few of them, and uh, I, I found uh, one of the things that I actually found that I was that, that's missing in the industry, which which um. Uh, so what I was going to talk to you about on the podcast, this is, uh, I think probably more yeah, interesting anything. for you and for me, but, um, uh, what, what, uh, I found is you, you operate a, a podcast and you get a, a reasonable audience and it's a targeted audience, which is great. Um, but that's not financially, uh, viable to continue running it. It's just a passion project. Um, exactly it's, right. Uh, it's, it started out as a hobby, probably still is a hobby. And, um, I just want to, I was sort of using it as a way of knowing more about people. Mm. Uh, I like to, to to find out more a bit about their story. I like to find out uh, what makes them tick in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, I think that's a, that's something that stimulates someone's mind. And also that uh, um, you just never know if it's, you're going to be able to help that person in in their business or in their life. You know, yeah. because you know them, and you can you never know if they become a client. You don't if they ever become a client so well that's great you know i'm sure the sure one of the hundred guests has somehow got some accounting or tax advice out of me uh as a result of discussions but you know that, that, that's not the ultimate goal the ultimate, but where that happens that's just a, a yeah. just a bonus um but just getting you know just getting those stimulating conversations developing um i mean i've always been okay with this sort of thing uh, even though usually more introverted than extroverted but um Developing those sort of skills have always been okay at public speaking, um, etc. But I think this just sort of stimulates um, stimulates your mind a bit, makes you think, and find out people's stories and uh, have a good time. And uh, yeah, you just never know what comes out of it, really. Absolutely, I, I agree completely. And uh, it's a, it's a it started off as I said uh, for, for us, it was just to answer questions. To we're all about automation, so we we hate doing things more than once. And we think no one should do things more than once. No employee will sit there repeatedly doing something and go home and feel like they've had a successful day. So um, we, uh, we, we build these processes and that's what I thought, well, uh, building these processes to create content is, uh, is, a, is an awesome idea. But uh, when, when we started having better, better or guests and, uh, and, and better content coming out, it just sort of went gangbusters, but I still thought, well, there was something missing in the market, which was um, how to make that financially viable. And so we've, we've developed a platform, um, which I'd love to have you test actually um, once it goes live. Uh, yep. We're not, we're not it's, it's a worldwide platform, but I'm only releasing it to people in our local area just to see how that works for them. Um, what it does is it allows you to create your podcast profile and other businesses that might want to be interviewed on your podcast to elevate their position or get their message out to 
um, your style of listener will be able to go on there, pay $10, $15 or whatever number you want. If you're, if you're Gary V, they might pay you a thousand dollars or uh, whatever else. But um, the, the idea is they'll pay $10, $15 to be on the podcast. It connects you with them. You hear their story. Um, instead of uh, only fishing in your own ponds, it um, allows for your podcast to have guests on it that you may not have otherwise. And it allows for their message to go out to a certain group. So a good example would be if, uh, if uh, Zero had a presence in Brisbane that, and, and they wanted to get uh, news about uh, Zero Practice Manager out, to, um, to a group of people, they could uh, interview, be interviewed on an uh, accounting podcast. Uh, zero yep. pays the accounting podcast, 20 bucks, 30 bucks, or whatever number you, you, you feel comfortable. Um, this website puts you in, in contact with... Um, uh, I think it's a great idea. Like, I mean, it sounds like a great concept that uh, we, we haven't really seen anything like that uh, too much that I, can see, that I can think of. But um, at the moment, people just have to go out searching themselves, really. Mm, that's right. And that's right. I thought, well, this would be, this would be really handy uh, for, from a website perspective, we just clip the ticket, take 10% for the, um, for the podcast, uh, uh, the person who's running the podcast, podcast presenter, they, they don't pay to be on the service unless they want to be in the featured listing. Uh, and then any of the guests that want to be on the podcast are able to find and see whoever they want to be on there and then um, to tell their story or, or spin their message in a way that allows for it to be relevant for uh, your listeners as well as be financially uh, viable for the podcast host as well as an advantage for them. So it's sort of win, 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 really. Um, mm -hmm. So we've been building that infrastructure for about six months or so. Um, it's mm -hmm. ready to go live would be in the next month or so, hopefully, unless we fall into the traps of something else terribly that's going terribly wrong but um otherwise uh yeah i'd love to put you on our list to check it out and and try and break it for us tell us where we can have some improvements yeah no that'd be great i mean i'd like to have a look at that and i'm sure i can find some time over the next uh, couple of weeks when it would you know to, to, to have a look at it if, if you wanted to, to show if it's ready to go then so yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, that, that'd be cool um we'll have probably about i think i've got six or seven different people that run podcasts around Brisbane that um, I want to sort of use as the hub to see how that goes. Mm. Um, obviously okay. uh, is the, the website uh, only works when there's two types of customers on there. Um, the, the podcast presenters and, and the customers for the podcast presenters uh, or mm. uh, whoever they're, uh, whoever they're interviewing. So um, the podcast hosts um, will, will have on there, as I said, for free to, to elevate, to, to elevate your position, get a profile on there, and then it'll be, um, uh, or it, it could be actually a platform that you could use to have people book you in and then have them, even if you just say, oh, here's a, here's a coupon code, so you, I can book you in for free and you give that out of the Chamber of Commerce, uh, and they'll be mm. like, oh, sweet. It, it, it at least then puts value on the interview that you're doing, and they're not thinking it's just a, a free thing that's gonna waste their time. They're going to be uh, going, okay, well, this is worth 50 bucks, I'm getting it for free. This is going to elevate their business and uh, you get to do the voodoo that you do and, and continue trucking along. So that's, um, that, that was sort of our, um, our plan. Um, so if, if you're, yeah, if you're interested, it'd be a, a great way to have people book you in. It automatically sends through a calendar. You, you, you write your times when you want to do, um, do different things and it sends them a calendar entry and um, not as fancy as Calendly yet. Uh, we didn't want to sort of re re rebuild wheels that we didn't have to, but um uh, yeah, takes care of all the payments and uh, has a messaging thing in there so you can talk between each other and a review system so that you can um, 
uh, once they've been interviewed, they can leave a review of how, how they felt it went and, and what they thought about the podcast and whatnot. And um, I really like it. That sounds like a great idea. Can't wait to have a look at it. I think uh, that there'd be certainly something to um, that, uh, you know, people that like doing podcasts like myself would certainly benefit from. That's for sure. I think, mm. uh, um, you know, put us in touch with other people. I mean, the interesting thing about doing podcasts, uh, there has been a, out of the hundred that I've done, there's probably been at least four or five, um, which like you today, um, I've never until never met until we're basically talking, you know, so yeah, new people that you know not too much about uh, and meeting those people and finding out about what they do and what they get up to and the, a bit about their lives and being able to talk to them and, uh, in such a way that you know you're not sort of you're opening yourself up a bit and they're opening up and it's a good conversation so i think that's um that's something that's that that's really it's really good to, to be able to do that you know and find out mm. and you, sometimes you don't know it's, it's like anything you look at the start of the day and uh you don't know that um how that day is going to go um you, mm. you don't know what you're going to talk about what you're going to get up to uh, what sort of emails you're going to get it just yeah, it just adds to that yeah, oh, I agree. It's a it, it, it's a way. It's it's one of those things that you, you, you the, the old barber can you go. Oh man, we should catch up more often, and then you never do. And that's people that you do know, and so you have very little time to go catch up with new people and meet and build new relationships. And the, yeah. definitely a, a podcast series uh, helps helps with that and uh, helps elevate your position. So. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the podcast that I wanted to go through and do with you uh, today, normally our podcasts, we have record for about 22 minutes. Um, we don't mm. do them live. We, well, yeah, we don't do them live, really. We, um, we yep. edit them. So if we stuff up, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, some people just go, go nuts and go live. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. But um, uh, I, I just think there's t- too much room for error. It puts too much stress on people. And uh, a lot of the time, so myself, I'm uh, uh, introverted by nature and uh, a learned extrovert. Um, and uh, yep. I, uh, I, I wouldn't like to think that if I'm interviewing someone who's who, who stuffs up with what they're saying, they're going, "Ah, oh, shit, that's that's now concrete in the internet forever." So, um, no. yeah, it's just easy just to to pre-record. So we we have it go for 22 minutes because that uh, works out to be the average drive time uh, in Brisbane, um, and and for people going to work in Brisbane, not at the moment. A lot of people are just doing it from home, <laughs> but um, uh, normally. Yep. It, 22 minutes uh, we find is good because it means that someone can jump in the car, start listening, and by the time they get to work, they've they've uh, concluded and, and finished, and they're not sort of jumping in the car a few hours later going, hmm, I forgot what the start of that was or why they're talking now. And uh, so it just keeps yep. keeps that engagement. Um, uh, yeah, so I wanted to go through restructuring and bits and pieces with you, um, if you think that, that would it, be yeah. cool. So, yep, so that's anything. what I was going to go through. Sweet. And okay. uh, uh, if, if, uh, if we get like a good listeners and stuff. We'll, um, uh, do that, uh, uh ch- check it out and, uh, do another collaboration. Cause I'd love to talk to you, uh, online about, uh, like, a in, in a podcast about making a podcast and, uh, and pretty much what we're just covering off on, to be honest. Um, but, That's uh, what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, we, we've, um, we've been doing a series on recession proofing your business, which we started in November, October or so last year. Um, and that's just become obviously more, uh, that that could be why we're getting a lot of downloads, <laughs> people searching for that sort of stuff. So um, what I wanted to talk about is uh, we'll, we'll touch a little bit on the pandemic. We'll um, go through and uh, talk about the um, uh, re- restructuring, when the right times are to do that and uh, and go from there. But um, 
we'll uh, we'll start and uh, as uh, when when we both say our goodbyes and whatnot, um, we'll just wait ten seconds and then give each other a, of, of silence. We'll give each other a quick review on um, whatever we uh, whatever we we went through and our thoughts and feelings on it all. And then um, okay, then uh, uh, when when we're both, uh, I, do do you live uh, in in the valley or in and around Brisbane? Yeah, north in the north side, um, Windsor. So I mean, I'll be able to walk to the valley in a pretty short space of time. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, my partner and I were living in Tenerife for a while, um, mm. so not not Lovely too far. Area. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Um, we're just uh, looking to sell sell the unit there, though. And uh, uh, well, you've, we've got a, a larger block of land, which we've, well, you can't quite see. There's well, veggie gardens and all sorts and grass. That's and, nice. That's a nice size. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we thought we'll uh, get get out of the city living and uh, uh, just sort of um, li listen to the birds, I guess. Uh, for, for, for a bit but um anyway well, we'll 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 kick off um that way we uh we will should still be able to finish on time for uh for 10 o'clock um uh, if we Excellent. do go over if we do go over it's fine but uh, as i said we just try to keep give that time yep. uh oh do, when i'm when i'm talking to you do you want me to in, introduce you um uh as uh as as tim from from the valley podcast or um, yeah just um just a networking number cruncher that podcast people's perspective if you like you know something like that <laughs> something like that it, it definitely sounds like you've said that before <laughs> yeah yeah a networking number cruncher that podcast people's perspectives all right okay <laughs> G'day everyone out there in podcast land. We've got an awesome guest for you. We've got Tim Wilshire here, who is a networking number cruncher who podcasts people's perspectives. Now, um, <laughs> now, that I've, now that I've said that, try and say that five times without stuffing it up. We've, um, uh, we, we've got him on to talk about how to restructure your business and when the right time is to do that. So Tim, first question, when, how do you know? How do you know when, when to do that? Like I, I know you, you'd, you'd come across businesses that have started as sole traders and other businesses that have uh, looking for asset separation and all sorts of stuff. How do you know when, when the right time is? Okay. Thanks very much, Joshua, for uh, uh, being a guest on your uh, podcast series. Uh, thank you very, very much. And uh, hello listeners. But um, I guess that as far as restructuring is concerned, obviously one thing that uh, we've done plenty of over the last 20 years at uh, Confidential of businesses is restructure our clients from one structure to another and I guess it's uh, like a lot of uh, answers to questions these days um, the answer is it depends okay so you're probably hearing that quite a lot this, this is the new 2020 thing it depends so it depends on lots of different situations so if they're in the wrong structure to begin with and it's not expensive to change them into the correct structure that's usually a good time to restructure so let's say they're a sole trader. Let's say they've been going in business for a very short space of time, six months, all of a sudden, bang, income starting to come in the door. Um, it's, it's actually not just a, a fly-by-night type operation. It's something that looks like it's going to have some success. It's something that's actually turned into a business, something that um, may potentially sell one day. Then you can't know, you can no longer be a sole trader anymore. It's just, it doesn't make sense to stay being a sole trader because number one, you're not protecting your assets. If you've got assets in your own personal name, uh, all of a sudden those assets are at risk. And the more at risk, the more risky behavior that you're doing, the more at risk those assets are when you're a sole trader. So that's a, definitely a time to look at structures. If you're not out of the sole trader structure, get out of that particular structure. And the two alternatives that we, we sort of look at with a lot of the structuring is, do you want to, 
trade as a company or do you want to trade as a, a trading trust uh, or a combination of both types of structures as well. Uh, so that's one, uh, I guess, time that, you know, where it's quite common uh, when it comes to restructuring. Another time might be, okay, I'm in, a, I'm in the trading trust at the moment, but, but um, I'm basically making too much money and it's no longer viable unless I've got an, a company structure. Um, a company structure may mean that I can park my money and, and I can grow the business. And uh, so a, a, you know, a trading trust structure may no longer be applicable to those circumstances because selling the business gives you less options. If you're in a company structure, you've got more options to sell the business. They can buy the shares of the company. They can buy the business uh, assets from the company. So more options available if it's in a company, uh, more easier ways to add and subtract uh, business partners, shareholders, etc. If it's a trading trust, uh, usually good for a smaller operation, um, up to a couple hundred thousand dollars of uh, profit. Once you get beyond that, companies certainly worth considering. So that's another time to consider, okay, what's it going to cost to restructure from that structure to that? What, what are all the processes that I need to do to go from that structure to that? Structure? It doesn't make sense to make that, make sense to do that. Um, so that's probably the two main ones, I think, uh, Joshua, you're, you're sort of looking at uh, changing structures because the circumstances of the, the current structure don't fit uh, what you're currently doing and your, and your medium to long-term objectives. Okay, so um, and when you say trading trust, a discretionary trust and trading trust are the same thing? Yep. Yes, yep. exactly. So, cool. So um, uh, you, you then have like cascading setups where you have trusts that own companies, which uh, I think you, you touched on a yep. little bit there. And then you have uh, companies that are just sitting by themselves. And then you have some people that have multiple companies and uh, asset companies uh, for, for asset protection. Is, is there any other times that you'd, you would, or why would you have that, I guess, for anyone out there that's not, not aware of, uh, of, of why you'd do that? I guess the, the, the larger you get as, as an operation, the more you want to, the more it makes sense to, I'm not saying complicate things, but the more it makes sense to just do things that, that uh, are going to protect yourself in the best way, shape or form. So what, what, we, what we see, what you, you do see from time to time, not, not for every client obviously, but once the clients get big enough, um, they, might have one in, they might have one entity that's the trading entity, and then they might have another entity that basically looks after all the assets. So all those assets might be um, plant items, and uh, and all those those items also you might be paying staff. Uh, how, how do you pay staff in the most uh, tax-effective manner? Uh, why would you do it not in the trading company? You know what? You know, mm -hmm. the separation. Uh, if you're big enough, certainly justifiable um, in my opinion. So. If you're going from a trading, if you just got everything in one uh, trading company basket and you're growing and growing and growing, it, to me, um, it, it, uh, you need to review that structure and you need to say, okay, well, what can we do um, to better <clears throat> to better utilise um, what's going on there? So certainly uh, if you've got clients that are big enough um, that are turning over more than a couple of million dollars a year, really need to review their structures and, and say, okay, well, are we in the right sort of structure? Is there something going on that we can do a bit more separation? Can we protect our assets better than what they are at the moment? If they're all in one basket and that company goes down, then what? You know, what, what are, what's, the, what's the plan of attack if that were to happen? If you've got another company over here doing something, employing staff, whatever, that might, you might be able to drop one or the other, you know, 
So it gives, gives you a few more options. Yes, it's more of a cost. Yes, it's more of administration, administrative uh, uh, dealings and you know, to be able to manage more than one, but at least you're, you're doing things separating and separating the risk. Okay, and I guess uh, you've, you've talked about um, going, going forward bigger, better, uh, or, or potentially more complication or more, more administrative overhead. Is there any times that you would be uh, pulling, that, pulling that back in, going from a company structure and then going back to a sole trader or something like that? You'd never go back to a sole trader unless you're not really running a business anymore. Um, but you may sort of uh, downsize your operations. And if you've got uh, too many different structures, and I'm thinking of a client right now who's got, who had, who had, you know, way too many different things going on, different trusts. Um, once once you stop using that particular trust, um, you, you've, you've sold out what's going on in that trust, then you can you can close it down. So get rid of it there. So. Obviously, if it's not getting used, get rid of it. Um, you know, unless you can't get rid of it, but you should be able to try to get rid of the the different things that aren't getting used properly. Uh, obviously, if, you, if your sales are coming down, uh, you're sort of downsizing the business. You're getting rid of staff for whatever reason because you're downsizing the business. Um, then, do you need that uh, trust? You need, do you need that entity that's going to continue to pay the staff anymore if, if there's no staff? I mean, then mm -hmm. all of a sudden you don't need, you don't necessarily need that. And it's, it's uh, costing you more than it's uh, than it's benefiting. Yep, yep, yep. And and I guess like, um, who opens the conversation to the structure? Is this something that people should be already uh, like uh, aware of themselves, or are they talking to their accountant about it, or does the accountant say, "Hey, look, this is you, you've turned over a million dollars in it as a sole trader. That's that's a, something's not adding up here. Let's let's look to restructure this." Or is this something that they sort of need to jump on their own steam, or maybe they listen to the podcast to work out the answer? But uh, who, who should be opening up that conversation? I think us as accountants and advisors should be opening up that conversation with our clients. We've got to be proactive. We've got to see where the opportunities exist for those clients to, to get things right. And we've got to take advantage of those opportunities. So I'll get the clients to think that they need to take advantage to get um, those opportunities. Okay. And so like, I know uh, for, for us, we've got, uh, I started off as a, as a, as the, the transitioning periods, as you've said, is pretty much what we did. So um, uh, when everyone was uh, 14 and nine months old and they were off getting their, their McDonald's job, uh, I was getting my tax file number and registering uh, my first ABN number. So uh, as a sole trader, I started off uh, just, just on 15 and um, uh, continued through with uh, as a sole trader for a few years until I uh, had the trust and then the company trust and then the company trust and then another company. Uh, to have uh, asset protection and then another company again, which was uh, uh, around some of the different um, uh, grants and advantages that you can have that, that, that are pushed out to companies that are not uh, trading as a trust. So I guess there's this tax advantages uh, or um, uh, you can optimize your tax is probably the, the, the the, the the politically correct way to say it um, you can optimize your tax with, uh, with with multiple businesses and structures but what um, what would be the the reason you'd want to have more than one company if it's not, if, if not for asset protection or a government uh, a government grant or something like that well I, th I think you why would you have more than one obviously if you've got more than one business operation actually going you, you want to separate that as well different containers. Uh, yeah, well, different, um, you know, different uh, trading locations, like there might be one location here, there might be one location there. 
mm-hmm. please separate them. You don't, you don't want to, it doesn't always make sense to put them in the same entity. Um, that way, if things can be sold separately, you want to be able to treat them separately. You want to be able to do a, a separate mm-hmm. set of books separately. So um, you want to, every different division of the business, you really should have it in, in its own entity. Um, and you should try to steer away from grouping them together as well. Uh, the reason you don't want to group them together is um, it just a, it, it's probably more messy. It's definitely more messy when it comes to accounting and tax. Um, to con- try to consolidate, it's probably a little more messy. Um, also, if you try to group GST, that's messy. Um, mm-hmm. And also, if you're grouping them, then you're losing out on some benefits sometimes as well. Like if you've got a, very, a good example is, is, is the government's recent cash flow boost. Um, if you've got uh, if it's just one um, if it's just one company, um, then you're only going to get one lot of cash flow boosts um, or up mm-hmm. to the maximum. Whereas if you've got two companies and then employees over here, operation employees operation over there that separated you. Obviously, you're not going to you're going to get fifty thousand times two or what you know. So you're going to get more more benefits rather than just one. Yep, yep, fair enough. And you, you, you did touch on something there about um, uh, if it's being sold. So uh, when, when it comes down to exit strategies, if people are looking to sell their business, when's the right time to restructure? Or when is the right time to, to know that it doesn't, I, I can't think of a better term than it, you don't want it to look like you've cooked the books or changed the books around or done something funky. You want to make sure there's some historical evidence there that the business is profitable, that, the, that everything is going as you would expect it to be. When is the right time to restructure if you are looking towards an exit strategy in the next two, one, one month or 10 years or, or whenever else? When I, think you you, I, think, I think the, you don't necessarily want to restructure until it's, it's no longer useful. So until mm-hmm. something's not useful anymore, that's, that's when you need to keep with the status quo, in my opinion. You, you need to um, make sure you don't try to... to it doesn't make sense to... Um, uh, to, to restructure too soon. So make sure you get to what you're trying to do before you make that step to get rid of an entity, you know, cut, cut entities off. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. So I, I guess the, the main reasons you'd restructure is um, uh, risk mitigation, <laughs> um, tax optimization, and, uh, and, and to allow for things to be sold off more easily or divided out would be the, the, the main reasons, is that right? Yeah, I guess all, all the reasons that I've sort of gone through, I guess, yeah. uh, as, as, to, as to those different situations, you know, that, that are the things that make sense the most to me. So, um, you know, growing, obviously for growth, you've got to make sure you're structuring correctly, uh, protecting your assets. Um, you need to minimise tax, exactly what you said. Uh, and when it comes to the next step, you get to another step, keep reviewing, is this structure still right? What's, mm-hmm. what's the benefit of what's the benefit of bringing in another entity to employees? Is there enough of a benefit to justify the cost? Um, and then when you're down, and then you know, <clears throat> and and every, everything else that we sort of discussed there as well. Uh, are we running more than one business one business operation? Can we separate them out? Uh, it's you know I see clients that shove three different um, car washes into one entity. They're all at different locations. It doesn't make sense. They need to be all in separate entities. Yeah. Okay. And so. Um, companies as, as, as himself, uh, and I'm going to say something that uh, I think a lot of people, maybe even, even yourself are going to disagree with, but companies are generally pretty straightforward to set it up. There's not too many things you can stuff up. If there's one company and then there's another company, the, the, the companies as the PTYLTD, besides the, the division of shares and, and the amount of directors, et cetera, et cetera, the, the actual company itself is, is a reasonably straightforward 
container, with, if, if, if I could call it that. Well, I guess it's, it's very easy to set companies up, yes. Um, making sure that it's set up right is still requires a bit of skill. Uh, who are the shareholders? The shareholders are a very important part of the company and how those shares are owned are very, very important. If you just put in mum and dad as the shareholder, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't always, it's not always the best way to do it. So, you know, is setting up a trust to own the shares a better option? That's usually what we'd recommend. We'd say, look, Gives you a lot more flexibility. It's it's not owned by you as an individual. Um, if it's in the trust, then you know we're talking asset protection 101 uh, style as far as making sure that things are done right. Yep. Okay. And uh, when it comes down to a trust, though, it seems like there's and uh, it's a bit more of a grey area than than a company. There's a, a like it seems that when I, whenever I've gone to a bank or uh, any any lending institute and they they hear that you've you're running under a trust, you you see their face go ah great. And it just seems that they they seem to think there's more complication here when it comes to uh, loaning money, borrowing money, applying for different things with the business. They go ah it's, some people just go oh, you're running a trust. It's too hard basket and uh, the, the paperwork and the, the amount of times that I've had to send off trust documents to email accounts that have then bounced because the document's too large for them to receive it and then they can't receive external links so I can't send it through Dropbox or anything else and it just uh, it ends up being this, uh, this, this whole big uh, giving me this shit situation. How come trusts uh, are inherently appear to be more complicated than a company or is there just they're up to more uh, can they be sort of misused or something like that or why why are they i, I think um well i don't know if it, I, I mean we've trusts and companies i mean you can still look at a trust in such a way but as long as there's once you've done a bit of reading and the the understanding of how trust operates uh it can be a little bit more simple obviously than than what outward appearances would apply um but yeah, you know, so there is that to consider once you sort of once you sort of delve into it, it's probably not as uh, it may not to some it may not be as complicated as uh, as what you may think. So mm -hmm. uh, obviously it's a great structure. We're talking about protecting assets. We're talking about uh, planning long term you know, beneficiaries, uh, kids, children. Um, we're, we're talking you know spouses and all that sort of stuff. So um, it, it all makes sense to find out about what all the particular roles are. You just need to know what those roles actually are and a trust and a lot of people don't know about that unless they read it. Mm -hmm. So um, once they, there's a bit of understanding, then you say, well, this is not as bad as what we thought. But again, it's complicated because it's obviously different to that of an individual sole trader, um, different to a, to a partnership, uh, it, different again to a company. So um, that's, that's the, I guess that's the stigma behind it, that it is, it is more complicated when just requires a bit of understanding in order to make it not not feel as complicated as, as what it, what the outward appearances would suggest. All right, okay, so it's more just a kind of you you don't know what you don't know until you know what you know type situation. You you people freak out because they don't know what what why why is it different. I guess is were they more open to abuse in the past or has that been sort of tightened down a bit or? No, it's it's, it's well the as far as the ATO are concerned, they haven't really. Um, I mean, everything's still self-assessment is, is is obviously huge in Australia. So there's a lot of um, you know there's a lot of trust given to people to to do the right thing. Uh, and when it comes to trust, there's no exception. So just because you set up a trust doesn't mean you're going to get an audit or anything like that. Obviously, if you if the audit's 
flags are going to arise if things just don't match up or add up in the when the ATO are looking at the back system. So just because it's complicated doesn't mean it's going to necessarily be looked at uh, or over the last 20 years it hasn't. So uh, what happens in the future remains to be seen. But um, the government uh, from time to time have, have said they don't like trust, uh, but they've never done anything about that when it comes to uh, policy. Um, the, the Labor government before the last election tried to, to make some fairly drastic uh, changes, uh, proposals. Um, not, not really what lost them the election per se, but uh, it all adds up. So uh, they were going to tax trust as companies effectively. They basically just have a 30% tax rate. So it actually probably even a higher tax rate than companies. Um, so um, there was that. Yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, so that, I guess that's where we are with, with, with that at the moment. It's, it's sort of, it's, it's not like it hasn't flown under the radar, but they haven't done anything about it when you look at, when, when you look at history. Okay, so because um, as like I know, uh, we, we, I had a, uh, a deep and meaningful beer conversation after around a, a fire with a mate who has um, uh, just a PTY LTD. He's running as an engineer, and uh, I'm running the, the IT consultancy company and running it through a, a, the, exactly the structure you said. Uh, the, the company that has the trust, the trust owns all the shares in the company. The uh, the uh, the trust is then uh, pays the distributions to uh, to any of the beneficiaries, and uh, that that's pretty vanilla, I think, the way that I'm set up. And I was explaining, I think, no, I said the trust is definitely the better way to go. He says, absolutely not. The company is the better way to go. I'm just paying 30% tax, straightforward, easy, done. And I'm like, yeah, but what if you're distributing? He's got a, a child and, and his wife. I said, what if you're distributing money to them? I said, you can be offsetting your, your tax obligations. You might be sitting in, at a taxable rate of 16% instead of 30% or at a lower percentage. Um, if, if he's turning over, if he's going gangbusters and turning over money that would put him into a tax bracket above the 30%, he's, if, is what would be the, or rather, let me rephrase that. What would be the advantages to not having the structure uh, where you have a company and then a trust, and instead you're just running solely as a company? What, where would you? What would be the scenarios if you're a contractor uh, offering professional services? Uh, you're not selling products. You you don't have any um, assets that are within uh, w within the company that that's above and beyond your standard sort of crap like a laptop and car or something. Mm -hmm. But um, what would be the the reason you would want to have it set up just like that, just so I can go back to him and say, "Hey, listen to this mm. podcast." Where? <laughs> yeah, so you're talking about you know the shareholder situation. Obviously, the difference between having a trust as a shareholder and having an individual as a shareholder. So the, the biggest issue with having an individual as a shareholder is the company makes money, makes a lot of money, pays all its pays tax. There's only yeah. one person that can actually end up with that dividend uh, if it's if it's just uh, one individual shareholder owning the, the only shares in the company, um, they have, if they want to declare a dividend and or get forced to declare a dividend in some cases, then there's only then that goes to one person's particular taxable income, and that could really jump their income quite high, depending mm -hmm. on when and how they have to deal with that situation and and the profit and all of that sort of stuff. Whereas as trust, at least you've got more flexibility. You've got uh, the flexibility to look at the rest of the family group. Can we allocate that dividend to somebody who's on a lower tax income? Yeah. So it, it makes sense to um, 
uh, you know, when you're sort of comparing to set it up as an individual shareholder versus that, the, you know, the three or four hundred dollars you spend extra to to set up a, a trust, um, it, it's worth it because you know, yes, you might have to do uh, some dividends and you might have to split that and do another tax return, but it's sort of uh, at the end of the day, it's it, it'll more than pay for itself uh, if you if if it's yeah, in most cases, if things are going well. Okay. So if, if I was to be a single bachelor or bachelorette and uh, have no one that I can distribute anything to, have no business partners, I own 100% of the shares. Uh, yep. If So it's only ever going to be distributed to me. Uh, you'd or, or, or you keep it in the company, one of the two. Yeah. Um, uh, still having it through a discretionary trust would put an extra level. Uh, so having the company uh, shares through through a trust would still put an extra level of protection there if you were to have some uh, insurance uh, issue suing thing. Would that be fair? Yeah, so it, it, it does protect the, the amount of assets that are attributed to yourself um, uh, because it's a trust that owns the company. Um, that means that it's not an, a personal asset that belongs to you. Whereas if you're the only shareholder, um, then that whatever the equity in that company is effectively your asset. Okay, so that's that's different to if the trust has if the if the trust has that there, then it's it's not your personal asset. So it doesn't doesn't get counted when it comes to things like uh, uh, usually can can be helpful in things like bankruptcy or or um, you know, a few other different situations as well. Okay, cool. Well. I think um, anyone out there that's uh, that, that's still scratching their head and has a bit of confusion, definitely make sure to contact Tim Wilshire at CBTS. He's going to be able to... CTBS, yeah. Yep, CTBS. Uh, he's going to be able to... Th th there goes my dyslexia. Um, <laughs> uh, he, he'll be able to bring some clarity and uh, ho hopefully uh, leave you with the aha moments on how things should be set up. Uh, if you want more information or want to hear more about what uh, what Tim's doing there, jump onto his podcast from the Valley. We're going to chuck some links in there so that you can uh, check out the website, check out his podcast, and uh, yeah, ho hopefully uh, f f find out what you're doing wrong and how to restructure your business. Now, I appreciate uh, appreciate you doing this, Josh. I think it's uh, I think that's great. I mean, I think I might use the content myself um, as well with uh, with my um, social media. So. I think Absolutely. It's, I haven't really. I sort of really. It's, we we. I did a um, I, about five or six years ago. I did a presentation on uh, on structuring and uh, and um, it was quite good. I feel I still have the slides somewhere. Uh, and basically, the when you're sort of looking at all the different um, different structures and looking at what is the best structure when you're going into business with somebody else, that's a very key. A very key decision that needs to be made, and something I just wanted to, to, to finish off with here, uh, just so it's quite clear. Uh, in you know, in 2020, and as it was in 2014 or 2015, if you're going into business with somebody else, set it up as a company. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, have the shares held 50/50 by different different trusts or what, what have you. But if you're going into business with somebody else, make sure it's a company. Um, it just allows a lot more flexibility, allows a lot more growth. Uh, it, it sort of ticks all the common goal, um, all the common goals that, that the two partners going to business uh, should should be looking at when it, when they go into business together. Okay, actually, on that, if you were to be having a, a distribution and uh, sorry, not a distribution, if you were having a PTO LTD and you had a couple of business owners, is there a restriction or any complication if you had one of those business owners that were not from Australia? 
or how can that be set up? Yeah, yeah. Um, we have clients that are where companies are wholly owned by overseas companies um, as well. Uh, it's always possible. I mean, when it comes to companies in Australia, for it to be a resident Australian company, what's required is, uh, I guess, the operation to be here, the central management. So mm -hmm. the central management being in Australia, one of the directors must be Australian, must be an Australian resident. That's okay. that's the requirement. The shares can be owned 100% by overseas entities. Okay, cool. Or 50, or 50-50, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's, that's good to know because it's, a, I don't know, again, it was one of these questions that came up. More than happy for you to use the content as well as, as what you were saying there. I think it's kind of, you, you get sometimes stuck in this, uh, like myself, I'll, I'll be like, oh yeah, I know, I know all the voodoo that I do. I know, I know how I do it. And I kind of, you, you've become a bit um, complacent and just thinking, I oh, everyone knows how this works. And uh, I, I know myself, where 2009, after I'd been running the company for two years um, and I hadn't done any tax returns, uh, I was, I was, shitting bricks i was freaking out and uh, it's just because it's not the thing that i do and it's something that makes me uncomfortable so hopefully anyone out there that is thinking about um their structure has at least uh, had that aha moment and think is thinking a little bit more about it how to set it up properly and uh yeah jump down to you guys to to get it all sorted now it's, it's been good to meet you over over the um discussion today over zoom thank you very much uh for the idea joshua and i'm glad i sort of came on and had a chat to you i think uh I like what you're doing. I like I like your idea with the podcast. Number one, and I like also the what you were saying earlier about um, about uh, you know setting up a platform for podcasters to to basically be able to to connect mm. people have guests on their shows, and that's something that may help uh, if I'm going to continue doing the From the Valley podcast going forward, uh, which I'd still like to do. Maybe um, that that would be a good way to, to maybe make it continue a bit as well. Cool. Well, anyone out there in uh, podcast land, if you've enjoyed this, make sure to jump across to iTunes, uh, leave us a review, give us some love and uh, stay healthy, stay good in this uh, COVID climate. No worries, Josh. I better get going, mate, just after 10. So thank you very much. No worries. Thanks, Tim. I'll catch See you mate. soon. Cheers. See ya.